you guys can be seated. Thank you so much. Uh, I often left my announcement sheet, so they'll scroll those at the end. Let me uh, just tell you one thing I do know that's coming up, two things actually. Uh, prayer meeting on Saturday at 8.30, and then also Sunday morning we'll be celebrating our men. And so bring your man. Bring your man to the house of God. They're gonna, everybody's going to walk away with something, but there's going to be a few that are going to walk away with a little bit more. So you're going to want the little bit more, all right? We're going to have a good time uh, here. We've got a guest, special guest uh, speaker that will be accompanying me, and uh, his name is Jacob. And so uh, we're, I'm, I'm excited about this. And so uh, father-son duo. Once you take your Bibles, we're going to go to a few places today. And uh, we're going to start out in Luke 1. Then we're going to go to 2 Kings 4. Uh, and then we're going to go down to we're going to John 14. Luke 1, 2 Kings 4. And then we're going to go to uh, uh, John 14. I want to say thank, uh, I want to thank everyone uh, that participated and helped just minister to uh, Faye and her family today. Uh, thank you, Joseph and Sandra, did a beautiful job of the service. Uh, Karen's not here tonight, but she coordinated the meal. Many of you were here early helping set up, tear down, clean up, uh, prepare the food. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I know they greatly appreciated that, and you could just feel the love. And so thank you very much for for all of your help. Uh, it takes us all, amen, all of us working together. Uh, let's go to the Lord once more before we go to the word. Father, we just thank you <clears throat> for the moving of your spirit. We don't take it for granted. Lord, we desire that you would fill us more than ever before. And Lord, we know that it doesn't matter, Lord God, the landscape, Lord God, or what comes against the house of God, the people of God. You always have a greater answer for the issues that are around us. And, Lord, we just want to thank you. Lord, we want to know you, and we want to make you known. And, Lord, I just ask for the anointing tonight. Holy Spirit, guide me as you will, uh, that your word may come forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, those of you that came to the uh, service today, you're gonna, I'm going to draw off. Um, uh, I'm going to minister out of the same text. It's going to be a little bit different message, but, but I think it's important for the church. But we've been talking about the move, the marks of a move. How can, we, how can we tell if God is moving in our lives or in a congregation or within a body of believers? And we have seen how that when the Spirit of God begins to move, people are quick to repent, are they not? It, it just quick repentance. And we see in the, when God begins to move and what we desire is transformation. Not behavioral modification, but what we're looking for is transformation. Because the Lord has called us a peculiar people, a different people. Called us out of darkness into light. And so when the Spirit of God begins to move, people are distinctively different. They are not who they were. They are brand new creatures in Christ. We've discovered that there is a passionate pursuit. You don't have to force people to read the, God, read the Word of God. They open up the Word of God. They begin to devour because there's something deep inside. There's a yearning and a hunger for the Spirit of God. And we need the Spirit of God. Talked about last week and saw how the Spirit of the intercession began to rest on this house last night. For me, it was such a beautiful uh, display of God's grace and goodness. It tells me God's up to something. 
It tells me God is doing something. When you begin to see intercession, begin to infiltrate the hearts of the people, now we begin to win the battle in the unseen. We'll begin to see the evidence in the scene. I'm calling out the intercessors. It is time, it is time, it is time. The battle lines have been drawn. We need you on the front line. Tonight I want to talk about prepared for the Lord. As we, I'm not going to read all of the text that we've been drawing from. I just want to read one verse in Luke, and then we're going to jump down to 2 Kings. Luke 1 is 17. Speaking of John going in the spirit and power of Elijah, we understand this is the spirit and power of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He said, he will also go before him, speaking of Jesus, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. That's what we talked about last week. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. This is what I want to pick up on tonight. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now let's look at 2 Kings 4. Three verses I want to read here. And we're going to come back to this as our main body of discussion tonight. <clears throat> but I just want to, I want, to, I want to get this in your spirit tonight. 2 Kings 4. It says, And it was the day after Elijah came, he passed by Shiloh. A great woman was there, and she compelled him that he would eat bread whenever he passed. He turned aside there to eat bread. And she said to her husband, Behold, I know that this is a holy prophet of God. He passes by us continually. Hmm? We are in 2 Kings 4, 8. 2 Kings 4, 8. I'm reading out of an uh, Aramaic Bible in plain English. You ever heard of that translation? But it had a word in there that I like. So 2 Kings, let's start over. It was the day after Elijah came, he passed by Shiloh. A great woman was there. She compelled him that he would eat bread. Whenever he passed, he turned aside there to eat bread. She said to her husband, Behold, I know that he is a holy prophet of God, and he passes by us consistently. Let us prepare for him a small upper room. We shall put a bed for him there, and a table, and a chair, and a lamp stand. Whatever he comes to us, he will turn aside. Now, the Lord put this, as I was preparing for the funeral service today, it was like the, the Lord just, just gave me a thought that I just, I just have to share with you as I shared with them today. As I was thinking about Serena, 93 years old, lived her life for the Lord. She's going home to be with, she's in heaven with the Lord now. But she, she prepared all of her all of her arrangements, what she was going to wear. She prepared her, uh, picked out her casket and so forth. She made preparation for that day. But it wasn't just her burial day that she made preparation for. It was for the departure. It was her going, going home to be with the Lord. But the Lord just put this thought in my heart, and I, I need to share it with you. In order for heaven to be my eternal home, heaven must find an internal home in me. In order for me to make my home, or God's eternal home, my home, there has to be, there has to be an invitation 
for an internal home of heaven inside of me. Let me say it this way. In order to be invited to God's house, I must invite him to my house. Are you hearing me? Heaven can only be my home when heaven is home in me. See, we've talked about in here, children of God, we've, we've talked about church, how that when God tore the veil in two, we have now have access to heaven. We, we do. We have access to heaven. Our prayers go up to heaven. We understand God hears us. But what we need to understand as well is heaven is looking for access through us as the gate of heaven here on this earth. Now, Jesus said in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Aren't you glad? <laughs> that the Lord, he says, uh, if, it, if it wasn't right, if it wasn't okay, I'd tell you. If it wasn't going to happen, I'd tell you otherwise. But I've gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Where I go, you know, the way you know. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you are going and how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, Jesus has done his part. He has prepared a place for us. And he has given an invitation for us to live with him eternally. But the only way that's going to happen is if I open my heart up and I prepare a place for God to abide in me. There's, you can't have, there's not just a, let's punch the ticket and get out of hell. It's a reality of a living relationship with an almighty risen Savior. So if I want to have eternal home with God, I've got to give God an internal home in me. I've got to have God living in here. I've got to have communion here. And that's where we go to the, the notable woman who is in Shiloh. And her actions display to us, display to us a heart of preparation. Now I'm going to say to you before I get into that, I just want to share with you Revelations. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. I will dine with him and he with me. He stands at, there's a knock, church, at the door right now. God's knocking on the door of man's heart. I want you to notice there, he's knocking and when he says, I'm knocking, and if you hear my voice, was he banging on the door saying, let me in, let me in, let me in? I don't believe that's what the Lord is telling us in this passage. What I believe the Lord is telling us is I'm knocking on the door by my voice. My word is being spoken, and if you can hear my word, that's the knock at your door. If you can hear the Spirit of the Lord, what he is saying to people, he is drawing people near to himself. He is speaking, and if they will listen and open the door, God said, I will come into them, I will sup with them, I will dine with them, I will live inside of them. He is knocking at the door. Let me say to you, I believe that there is a voice 
place being that is rising in this day. I know that we had the voice of culture, and it is loud, and it is screaming into the ears of our children. They hear it in every media outlet, defining and telling them who they are. But I believe with all of my heart, I have great hope in the voice of God. And I believe that there is a voice that is rising up out of the sea of humanity. And the voice will be heard in this hour. And there will be those that will hear that voice. And they will open that door. And God will enter into them. And take his dwelling place in the internal place of their heart. There's a knock. I want you to pray with me. God, we need a voice. We need a voice. We need a voice crying in the wilderness again, just like John carried the ministry of the Holy Spirit. There is a voice that is crying in the wilderness, turn back to the Lord. Turn back to the Lord. Your your actions are ludicrous. They are ridiculous anymore. I mean, things we do today, we would call insanity yesterday. But there's got to be a preparation, church. Mm. There's got to be a preparation. We have the, the woman here at, at Shiloh. She said, let us prepare. Let us go in and prepare a place. Let's go. There's, this man's carrying the Spirit of God. He speaks the Word of God. Let's, let's open up the door. Let's get him a place in our house. Let's open up, let's open up an upper room for him to occupy. I don't have time to get into the upper room, but oh, I was looking for encouragement. I didn't get any, so I'm going to move on. So there's an upper room. There's an upper room that, that, that they prepared for him. And that word prepared means to, it means to make, it means to build. But if you look up the words in their original meaning, many times you're going to find a lot more definitions of that same word. If you look up that word prepared in 2 Kings 4 there, you'll find that there's a whole page of meanings of that word or usage of that word. Some of those are prepare prepare or make or make ready or build, but it also means to offer. You offer the Lord an invitation into your heart. You offer the Lord an invitation into your day. It means to yield. Not to my will, but to his will. Lord, I yield. (laughs) I yield. I know some of you probably welcomed that game mercy when you were kids. You know, the one I'm talking about, you put the hand in the other hand, you squeeze the hands, and Andrew's mother would get a hold of her, and they'd play mercy, and she'd be crying in the floor, sitting there. She'd never give up. So finally, her mother stopped playing mercy with her. (laughs) She would never quit. We need that kind of tenaciousness in the house, amen? But there's times where we need to yield to God. It means to obey. It means to obey. But I I want you to notice something there in the passage that I read. They put... A bed, a table, a chair, a lampstand. Went and put the room in place, and I love the Word of God. I love what, the, what God puts into the Word and what the Lord leaves out of the Word. But it was very specific. There is a bed, a table, a chair, 
in a lampstand. And see, when we prepare our hearts for God and we say, Lord, we yield to you. We yield ourselves to you, almighty God. Our lives are yours. We surrender to you. Folks, we need to set up a bed, a table, a chair, and a lampstand. <laughs> See, because that bed represents rest. And so we can't find rest in any other work but the completed work of Christ. So there is only one rest that we need to rest in, and that is what Christ has already done in the completed work. You can't work it up enough, church, to be good enough to get what God has in store for you. You've just got to yield to it by faith. Remember, our response to God is faith. His response to us is grace. So we, we don't find rest and comfort but anything other than the completed work of Christ. So we give ourselves rest by entering into that rest. I know it sounds oxymoronic when you read the passage in, in Hebrews. It says labor to enter into that rest. What? Labor to enter into that rest? What is it saying? It's saying the labor part of it is us to stop laboring, trying to work in order to get to that place, uh, and just go ahead and rest in God. If you find yourselves in the midst of works, and you know you're there whenever you're constantly feeling this overwhelming spirit of condemnation, fear, rejection. You're not accepted. You're not brought in. There's somebody in the room that's looking negatively towards you. And you feel that spirit coming on you. You are working in the wrong field. <laughs> You are working it up yourself. That's not God speaking to you. And the enemy wants nothing more but to destroy you. So let's forsake that field. And let's get back over to the bed of rest. And that rest that we find is the completed work of Christ. When I find myself weary from the day, everybody know what I'm talking about? You get tired. You got you got more on your checklist than you've got time to get it done. It, it gets long. And you, you think, man, am I ever going to get all of this done? And our philosophy is just, oh, just one more thing. <laughs> just one more thing. <laughs> just load up and let's go to Baton Rouge. Come on, let's one more thing. <laughs> just one more thing. You can find yourself at a place where you keep piling and piling and piling. And you, there's stuff you got to get done. All right? There's stuff you got to get done. How do you deal with that? You turn to God in faith. You say, Lord, I'm getting weary. I need you, Lord God, to help me stay balanced, first off. And no, balance is not extreme in both directions. That's not the definition of balance. You get extreme over here and you get extreme over there. No, you come back to center and you say, God, I need your grace to accomplish the task in front of me. And you wait upon the Lord to let the Lord bring that strength. But Jesus said in Matthew 8 and 20, he said, Foxes have holes, birds have, of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus was looking for a place on earth to find rest. Even, that day, even when he was walking, every time that he, 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 he talked to people, he said, the kingdom of God is nigh you. The kingdom of anywhere the king is at, the kingdom is near. Hmm. 
Anywhere the king is at, the kingdom is near. Where does the king abide right now? Right here. <laughs> so everywhere you go, you carry the kingdom. Now, when Jesus said the birds, have, the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the king, or the Jesus, has nowhere to lay his head. His kingdom in the hearts of man was not open yet. But it would, would open one day. And now, he said, I must needs go to the Father. Because when I go to the Father, I'm going to send the Spirit back. And what will the Spirit do when he gets there? He's going to make you distinctively different. He's going to cause people to repent. He's going to cause you to be passionately pursuing him. And he's going to prepare your heart to receive God. Set aside and to live and work not to rest, from rest. From rest from the completed work of God. How much different would your day, your ministry be if you walked in that place of peace and you were not always trying to gain God's favor by the things that you were doing? And you just walked in the favor of God. It's going to change everything. It's going to change the way you walk. It's going to change the way you talk. I want you to notice there is a chair, a chair. Ephesians tells us, and raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. A chair, a chair. There's a chair I need in my heart. It's called the throne. And when you ask Jesus in, there's only one place he truly should be honored to set, and that's on the throne of your heart. <laughs> and when you get to that place, church, where it's like, okay, Lord, I, I'm, you know, I can do some stuff, and I might get one thing done, or a couple of things done, or, or maybe, Lord God, I might get, I, I, I might be able to do one thing or another. We get to the place where we just absolutely surrender and say, God, my life belongs to you. I welcome, I yield. Lord God, I prepared my heart to receive you, Lord God. I just need to sit down with you. Amen? We're sitting together in heavenly places in Christ. He raised us up together. He made us sit together in heavenly places. Now, if you read, I read to you out of Revelation 3 and 20, I'll stand at the door and I knock. But the next verse says this, To him who overcomes, overcomes the world, overcomes self, overcomes your desires, overcomes... He said, As I will grant to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. That's what I didn't make this up. This is not translation Mike Sanders lost his mind version. This is what the word says. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame. Who overcame? He overcame. So if he overcame, guess what? I overcome. And I sat down with my father on his throne. 
Oh, my God, that's some good stuff right there. Think about it just a minute. Jesus came to reveal the Father, to show you who the Father was. And when he sat down, he sat down with his Father. And now he comes and he knocks on our door. And he says, hey, if you'll let me in, I'll sit on the throne of your heart, and we'll sit together on my throne. Amen. We'll sit together on my throne. You'll walk in authority. You'll be the head, not the tail. You won't care what the world says because you'll be concerned about what I say. I don't know about you, but I just feel like God is preparing a people that he can set down upon and he can occupy. He who has ears. We all have ears. But we may not always have ears. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. See, the Lord says, if you walk in the light as he's in the light, you have fellowship one with another. In the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. Now, in him is life, and that life is the light of men. So where does he want to fellowship? He wants to fellowship in his light. And that's going to be the light, the aha, the Oh, my Lord, I didn't know good just got great. It's mind-blowing how much God loves us, that he gave himself for us so that we may have life and have fellowship. If we're going to fellowship in the light, what he's saying is you're fellowshipping in my life, the life that I lived, the life that when I died, you died with me, but when I rose, you rose with me. And now I'm seated in my Father's throne, and guess what? I've, you've made your heart my home, so now my home, is your, my home is your home, and so you are now seated with me all the way up here in heaven because I'm seated with you because you're an extension of my throne room because my kingdom has now expanded. You have been colonized, and now my throne and authority rest upon you. Oh, my God, would somebody prepare a place for the Spirit of the Lord. There's a table. There's a table of communion. I love the Word of God. Love it. How that the Lord uses things to communicate to us. A table. A table. He tells, Paul tells the church in Corinth, he said, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. Or do we want to provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? See, the Lord, he put in the, the temple and the tabernacle, he put the table of showbread. He also put a lampstand. Put a table of showbread. I say, I am the bread of life. Partake of me. Come. In, in fact, I want you to do this, and, and as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. 
I want you to take the emblems of my death. I want you to take uh, the, the, the juice that represents my blood and the bread that represents my body. And as often as you drink this, I want you to remember what I did for you. I want you to remember the death. I want you to remember the burial. And then that's going to invoke you to remember the resurrection and what it took to get you from where you're at. And where you find me is where you will discover life. And it will be more rewarding for you. But you cannot partake of the devil's table and my table at the same time. It's not going to work because his table will always be feeding you slop and it's always going to be destructive and it's always going to be to the ruin. But my table will bring you life and it'll bring you abundance and it will bring you joy and it'll bring you hope and it'll bring restoration into your body, into your mind, into your spirit. It's just a table. I don't need multiple tables in my house. I may have multiple tables in the house, but not my house. Amen? We just need a table. A table to commune with God in the lampstand. I love this. Almost like he's, she's building a, got the table of showbread, and you've got the lampstand setting over here, and there's, there's, there's illumination that's going on. You know what happens when you, when you learn to walk and rest with God and you sit down and you begin, begin to commune with God? All of a sudden, the light starts coming on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I never saw that. That's so simple, stupid. Why could I not see that before? Uh, it's when the Spirit of God begins to move. When the God begins to move, it becomes so simple, stupid. It's like I, I, it was there all along. It was there all along. Your way is better. <laughs> Did I hit that key? Tell me I hit that key. Come on. <laughs> you shall know the truth. See, the, the Spirit will always illuminate truth. Always. He's going to expose the lies so we can get to the truth. The, the devil will keep telling you lies, telling you it's the truth. But no, the Lord will say, no, he's lying to you. That's not who you are. That's a lie. No, you're not, you're not that person. It saddens me when children of God that have come into the kingdom of God but never discover the reality of who they are. They're still misidentified in the house. They still, still are behaving such that they're still living in bondage. You're not that, you're not that bruised child anymore. You're not that victim anymore. You are not that, you're not that prisoner anymore. You're not that, you're not, you, you may have a, a, a number over you, but you have a number in heaven. You've been counted worthy and you belong to him. You are his and he is yours. You're not who you were. You're not a victim anymore. And we don't need to identify with victimality. We need to identify as we are God. We don't need to identify in fear anymore and say, I'm afraid. Let me tell you, folks, we got to get away from that identity crisis and get back to who we are. How do we do that? We got to find our rest in God. We got to set up a chair where we sit down with Him, or just one chair. So I'm sitting with the Lord in that chair. It's uh, we. I don't know how that happens. We're sitting in the chair because He's sitting there. Whatever tired, get that chair. A chair. One place. And let's let his truth 
not my truth, not your truth, not the world's truth. Let his truth, his truth. Now, this is where we're going to start to draw, draw down. There's a promise in this passage that I want you to, you got to hear. you got to know. Because it's not just you, it's generations that follow you that are at stake. As I was looking at this, the Spirit of the Lord just began to whisper. It's a promise. There's a promise. See, the woman at Shiloh, she, she had upon her heart because she saw the Spirit of God resting upon this man. So she made a place for this man, which we make a place for the Spirit. She prepared that upper room. The church was founded in the upper room at Passover, and they found that upper room at Pentecost. And I do believe with all of my heart that the church, the true church, the remnant church, the church who's sold out, who's the Spirit of God is moving in, they're going to be found in the upper room at the Feast of Ingathering. When God gathers it all together, he's going to protect us in the upper room. If we just get to the upper room somewhere between heaven and earth, we've got to be occupied. We're not in heaven yet, but we're still on this earth. How do we occupy here? We've got to get to the upper regions where we're not... We, we, we've got to reach down to the earth, but my God, we are closer to heaven now than we've ever been. But we've got to get to that upper room. So she's here. She's made the upper room. She's got one chair, one table, one lamp, and one bed. And that's purely for God's man to lay down there. So now in the midst of that, he says, what do you need? What do you want? What, what, do, you, what do you desire? I don't need anything. I didn't do this to get something. I did this because it was in my heart to do. But you don't understand. I want to give you, I'm a, I feel a, the Lord wants to bless you. And it was the servant of the man of God that said, well, she doesn't have a child. About this time next year, you're going to have a child. Like, don't be, I can see her. Don't be playing with my emotions. Don't be telling me things that are, don't, no, 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 no. He said, no, it's going to happen. This time next year, you're going to have a child. Sure enough, she had a child. A child began to grow. A child did what any child in that day would do. It would go out into the field and help the, the father with the, with the farm work. My estimation and what a lot of commentaries believe that he was out there in the heat of the day, possibly and suffered a, a, a heat stroke. That's a possibility. Well, the father takes the son, brings it back to the mother, and she holds him there. And then that child in her arms breathes her last breath. She didn't go to her husband. She didn't rail out at God. She took that child in her arms and she carried that child to the place that she had prepared for God. And she laid that child in the bed where the man of God would be resting. The Bible says she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. And she shut the door upon him and went out. Then she went out and she pursued Elijah. Honey, I need the, the buggy and the horse. I got to go after the man of God. 
Well, what's going on? It's not a holiday. It's not a new moon. What are you doing? It's going to be okay. Why? Because until God says it's not okay, it's okay. Because I have placed my child in the place of rest where I have prepared my child to, le- to be. Now she goes and Elijah sees her, sends the servant out, Gehazi, go see what she wants. She ran out to see what she wanted and she said, it's okay. I just want to talk to him. I don't want to tell you all my troubles. I don't want you blasting Facebook. I don't need a a, a group text. I don't want to talk to you about this because you can't do nothing about it. You can't do nothing about it. I'm not going to spend my time wasting my time talking to you. I don't need likes and comments to agree and disagree. I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to God. And Elijah said, take this rod and run. Gehazi, don't talk to anybody. Don't get hung up uh, on what they're saying and what they're not saying. You take the rod and you lay it upon that child in that bed of rest. You take the rod of authority and I want you to go lay it down upon that child till I get there. I want you to lay the authority on the child that's laying in the bed of rest. I want you to lay it down there because I'm on my way. I'm on my way. And he gets there. And Elijah came into the house. And there was the child laying dead on his bed. He went in, therefore, and he shut the door. She shut the door. Now he's shutting the door. Some things, folks, got to be done in private. Behind the two of them, he prayed to the Lord. And he went up and he lay on the child, put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands, and he stretched him out on the child. The flesh of the child became warm. He returned and he walked back and forth in the house. And again, he went up and he stretched himself on the child. Then the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes and he called Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite woman. So she call, he called her, and when she came in to him, she said, he said, pick up your son. All of this began by her heart being open to prepare a place for the Spirit of God. I want you to come into my world and my home, and I want you to find rest. I want to commune with you. I want to see the revelations that come out of this relationship. I want to know. Not knowing there was coming a day where that secret place, that secret place, That place that was behind those closed doors, that place that nobody else knew about, that place that she opened up and said, please come in to my home, come in to my home. That place that was prepared, yielded, offered, obeyed, built, made up, made ready. That place 
was the place she would take her child and lay. And when Elijah came, very specific the word of God is. He lay for his eyes on his eyes, his mouth on his mouth, his hands on his hands. That child began to warm up to the idea. <laughs> that body started warming up to the idea. Maybe it's not over. Went and did it another time. Did the same thing. And then that child sat up and sneezed seven times. Seven's always a number of covenant. But this is the message, folks. And this is the answer to the generation that we're losing. The Lord's saying, if you will make a place, if you will prepare a place of rest, a place of communion, Revelation, truth. What you don't see, he has already seen. He is going to resurrect a generation that looks dead and may in all intents and purposes be spiritually dead. But when they awaken, they're going to see with his eyes. They're going to speak with his mouth. They're going to hear with his ears. They're going to reach with his hands. It's so vexed. Every little news headline. My God, if you're putting hope in America, you better change your hope. We got to put our hope in the only one who is hopeful, and that is God. There's a voice. If we will hear the Spirit of the Lord, I do believe it'll start out as a whisper, but that whisper is going to turn into a voice, and now that voice is going to go from a, from a whisper, and it's going, to, it's going to go to a whisper, and now all of a sudden he's going to whisper inside of your ear, and he's going to tell you what you need to do and what you need to say, and you're going to get up and you're going to begin to vocalize, but now when you get in a crowded room and there's enough people in the house of God talking truths, and there's enough people in the house of God that's talking the word of the Lord and they start going out now all of a sudden their voice is being heard but it's like a sea it's like a voice of a sea that's me rushing in on a generation and oh my God I can see the word of God bringing to life those who are dead what's the answer the generational issues that have been perpetrating for decade after decade after decade after decade. It's you and me. It's you and 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 me. Preparing 
secret place. Laying our family upon that place of rest. Elijah, Elisha, you promised. You promised. Promised a child. See, the Lord had foreseen that day and was more than happy to step in. Raise that child up. If you go on the rest of the story, and I'm quitting now, if you go on the rest of the story, what you discover is that when she loses her land because of a famine, her land gets returned to her. Why? Because her son raised from the dead. And Gehazi just happened to be telling the king that story that day. And not only telling the story that day, but it wasn't her, she, her land was restored because her son was, was, was raised from the dead. But it all came back to that secret place that she opened up for the Spirit of God. It's so simple, stupid. <laughs> See, I want everyone in here, I want to see you in heaven. I, I do. I want to see you in heaven. I want to learn how to get along here so we can get along there. Amen? You know, and we get along when, when, when we all find our place with God. But see, we can't be at home in heaven if heaven doesn't have a home here. So that kind of dispels the myth of just come in one time and you say a prayer and that's all that you need to make it in. It doesn't work that way. No, there's a knocking at the door. There's an opening up and the Spirit of God comes in and prepares because we get to the place of singularity in the sense that not in the negative sense of, our, of, 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 of AI but the single in our mind and our thoughts. Our mind and our thoughts to say, Lord, there's just one table. There's just one chair. There's just one truth. There's just one lampstand. And there's just one bed. And I want you to occupy it. See, because when I know him, I begin to discover who I'm supposed to be. Father, we thank you, Lord, this evening. Lord, there are those in the house right now. Their heart is aching for their children. Their heart is aching for their children. There are some children that are away from you that are spiritually dead. And Lord, we put them right back on the place of rest and the completed work of Christ. And we, we stand upon your promises, Lord God. We stand upon your promises. Come on, stand with me right now. Lord, we stand upon your promises, Lord God, tonight. Lord, we stand upon your promises, Lord God, tonight. 
that, Lord, that they, they are there, and you're going to grace us, Lord God. We're not going to do this by works. Lord, we're going to do this by grace. We're just reaching out in faith right now. And, Lord, we're asking for grace, Lord God, that the place that you have occupied will become so much wider, so much broader, so much bigger, Lord God. Lord, I ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, that you would grace us, Lord God, with an upper room mentality, that you would grace us, Lord God, by making room Father, for you, that you would grace us, Almighty God. For, Lord, you have foreseen a day that, Lord God, that many of us are stepping into, but, Lord, there's a day ahead. There's days ahead, Lord God, that we have not perceived yet. Oh, church, hear me. There are days that are coming that we have not perceived yet. We must make a place for God. We must make a place for God because God knows the resurrection that's going to happen. God knows the land that's going to be restored. But we must begin now that every time the Spirit of the Lord comes by us, we are open, we are ready for the Spirit to rest upon us. Oh, God, resurrect this generation. Resurrect this generation that they may see your vision, Lord God, that they may speak your word, Lord God, that they may put their hands, Almighty God, to the work, and, Lord God, healing may occur. Father, we ask it in your name. Father, we ask it in your name, Almighty God. Church, there's a day coming, says the Lord. There's a day coming, says the Lord. You must prepare your heart. You must prepare your heart. Prepare your heart, and I will occupy. Prepare your heart, and I will rest. Oh, merciful God, we ask it in your name. We ask it in your name, Lord God. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lamb. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Let me just tell somebody in this house tonight. You wouldn't be here if God didn't want you here. You're in, this, you're in this thing because God wants you here. Because he's got reason for you to be here. But there's a day coming, church. It's bad now, but it's going to get much, much worse for the world. But I believe it's going to get much, much better for the church. Men, because when there's darkness in Egypt, <laughs> there's light. What does that light point to? It's the life of Christ. Life of Christ. Even so, Lord, come quickly. Even so, Lord, come quickly. Oh, when that becomes our heart cry, things will begin to change. Not in a flippant, let everybody go to hell kind of a thing, but Lord, come to your house. Come to your people. Transform hearts and our minds. Let us know you. Amen. Tonight as we leave this house, we're going to take our missions offering. Last week I spoke about Jonathan and Amber Ennis. They've got to, been reassigned. If you didn't hear the story, you've got to hear it again. 
This country has been closed to the gospel. According to them, decades, decades, been closed to the gospel. Now, there was a, there was a coup and an overthrow of the government. And they looked in the government staff and they said, we just, we want one, one honest person in this presidential cabinet. The lowest person in the presidential cabinet just happened to be a spirit-filled Assembly of God man. Now, he was elevated from the lowest position to the highest position in that country. Now, he is not, he has opened the country up and welcomed missionaries in. And they are going to go in as some of the first missionaries, and they are third-generation missionaries to Africa. They're going to be going in and, and planting churches, and they're not going to have to beg, borrow uh, to get church, to land, to build churches, because the new president is donating land so that churches can be built. I don't know. You think that just happened? Or there was there some intercession going on and people went into victory in the unseen and now God said, okay, I'm ready. Let's blow this thing up and let's raise him up and now let's open the doors so now the country can be a Christian country because it's under Christian leadership. I said, well, Lord, if you can do it over there... <laughs> Uh, gives me hope. <laughs> gives me hope. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, thank you, Lord, for the privilege. God, you just do things so awesomely. Lord, so awesome. Lord, you can just turn it on a dime, Lord God. Things that look like they could never open, walls that can never fall, red seas that can never part, Lord God, that lions that are always hungry, Lord God, just all of a sudden lose their appetite because they don't like the, the taste of covenant people. Oh, Lord God, we just thank you that, Lord, you can do all kind of stuff that you want to do. And Lord, we just ask God, let there be a release of the land. Let there be overthrows of government, Lord God. And let the kingdom of God be established, Lord. And Lord, I just pray, God, for the hell that's rising up in their fit of rage, God, that they would just be silenced. And that, Lord, that the power of God may be released in that country like never before. And Lord God, we sow seed in that direction, praying, God, for our nation, Lord God, that the debauchery, Lord God, and the ridiculous behavior, Lord God, the blatant rebellion against you will stop, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Thank you guys with the back. You are dismissed. We'll see you Saturday morning at 830. God bless you.